The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you got a love and it's good like it should be Makes you never want to give it up Cause you know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about prayer, and I've been reading this beautiful book of poetry called Miraculous Silence by Mitra Rabar. And I, I want to tell you that in what we've talked about on this show about fighting for love, really everything we do in life is a fight for love. And love is often synonymous with God or whatever you want to call it, Mother Nature, or any name that you have for that higher power that is that one essence, that one power in the universe. And so this really fits into the genre, especially this book called Miraculous Silence. And there's a a beautiful quotation here by Jennifer Aniston, who many of you know as a wonderful actress and comedian. It says, wherever you are, In your life, whatever challenge you are faced with. Oh, good. I'm sorry. I thought I lost you for a second. There will be some great gem found in this book that will help you break through and lead you forward. And I think that's really a, a beautiful introduction to this book. And let me tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest who's coming to us uh, not too far away in California. Uh, Mitra Rabar is author of Miraculous Silence, A Journey to Illumination and Healing Through Prayer. And this is a brand new book out from Tartar Peregrine. It's in paperback and it is a beautiful book. She's been a spiritual teacher, healer, and guide for over 30 years. And she was born into the uh, mystical traditions of Iran and surrounded by her mother's classical poetry and her grandfather's dervish philosophies. Now, she also combines many Eastern and Western spiritual traditions to serve people from all walks of life. Now she lives in Southern California, 
and she is also known as a singer. We should probably ask her to sing some of this poetry. And she's also a humanitarian, and we're so glad to have you join us, Mitra. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marie, for having me today, and I a warm a welcome as we're just commencing the new year to all of the listeners um, who are listening to this recording, wishing everyone a blessed start to this uh, a glorious time. Right, and this is a time of awakening. So what inspired you to write this book, Miraculous Silence? Well, you know, I have always, um, I had always written prayers for various people who asked me to write um, prayers for them. For example, if they were having a wedding or they had lost a spouse or they were pregnant. So basically, as I stayed in the book, I had compiled these uh, prayers, and it was um, one night that uh, Jennifer Aniston kind of suggested that I compile these into a book. And then the two days later, another student suggested the same thing. And as a person who always pays attention to the information I receive, I thought, okay, I'm getting information to put this in a book. I was working on another book, and um, but then I put my attention on this, and this was a seven-year journey for me to get it from that point to the point we are today. And I think it's so helpful because sometimes people are worried that they don't know how to pray or they don't know what to say and or they're in such... Um, a deep place of, of sadness or some emotion that they just don't know. So it's so wonderful to be able to pick up your book and choose whatever the situation is. If, if you need a prayer for, for healing or a prayer for financial abundance, there's, there's a prayer for each one of those. And I think um, they're just beautiful prayers. So, Thank you. yeah, I'm... How is it that uh, you actually discovered the importance and the power of prayer for you? Well, you know, um, I, um, as I put in the preface in the book, I left my country at a very young age. And um, before, uh, before I even left my country, from the time I, I knew myself as a young, very young person, young girl, I always felt a... Uh, I always basically felt a big faith and a big love for everyone. Like I felt everyone is here, we're all God's children, so I love everyone because God loves us all. So this was, nobody taught me that. It was something that I think I just came into this world with. And when I came to the United States, I was very young and a teenager, and I had a lot of hardships. I was away from my family. I had financial hardships, emotional hardships, and I turned inward. And um, there I started a life of meditation and prayer, and I was very disciplined about it. I didn't do it one day and not the other. I did it every day, every day, every day. And basically, that prayer became a tapestry, a part of my life. And so did meditation. And then, um, as I have in the book, Miraculous Silence, uh, there are sections on prayer, meditation, stone healing, mantras, visualization. I used all these tools myself and to help me, to help me get rid of my emotional challenges and blockages and to bring me to a place of peace, to a place of higher connection. And then I started teaching about this about 22 years ago. 
So then it became just, you know, a part of me. Um, I know no other way uh, but prayer um, to face the difficulties and uncertainties as human beings that we each face in life. Yeah. You know, um, you were talking about prayer and meditation, and um, I... I've heard it said that when we pray, we are speaking to our source. We're speaking to God or the the higher power. And when we meditate, we're listening. So that was, uh, they really are two sides of the same coin, right, is getting in touch with that silence that you talk about. So let's talk, let, uh, help me understand why you call this mir- miraculous silence. Because I think in the space that you enter um, when there you pray and then you come to a point of silence within you or you stop speaking, there something magical or miraculous happens. You connect to the universe or source or God or whatever you choose to say it. And as that, in that connection... What happens to us is truly magnificent. Mm-hmm. It's a place of ultimate peace, ultimate joy, ultimate union. And that's why I call it a miraculous silence. It's not just a silence, but it's miraculous. And each time we get there, it's miraculous. No matter how many years we've been doing this and how many times it occurs, it's always miraculous. Mm-hmm. Now, there's many different ways to pray. Why don't you talk about that? That, you know, there's no just one right way to do it, right? Right. There's not one right way to do it. There's many ways. And first of all, various traditions, various religions have their ways of prayer. Some people kneel, some people sway, some people do a walking prayer. They walk and they pray. Some people pray in silence. Some people go to a temple or a church or synagogue or mosque to pray. But the essence of prayer, uh, Marie, is always the same. It's the self and the divine. In essence, it's always the same. But how we get there for each of us is very subjective. Um, And there is no less value if a person prays in their car while driving than a person who goes to church. It's the intention, and Gandhi speaks about this very much. It's the purity of intention behind the prayer that is important, not just the act of prayer. Um, When you pray, it's that honesty, that purity that you really bring forth in your prayer, that that is really what prayer is. Right. There's so many different ways. I know um, I have a prayer partner, and she and I pray together every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely. And we do this, uh, it's called a spiritual mind treatment that we have learned through the uh, In Spirit Center, and that's where you first acknowledge the one source in the universe, then you unite with it, and and you really not ask, but you see what you want, and then you express it, and then you say thank you for it. So, for example, if I want to say a prayer for healing for a friend of mine um, who right now has cancer, I would say, 
I know that there is one power and one presence in the universe, and that is that one spirit. And I know that my friend, and I would I would say her name, that she is one with that spirit. And I know that that spirit is good health, healing, beauty, comfort, you know, quick uh, results. And I just see my friend in perfect health from this. And I release this to God, knowing that as I see it, hear it, and believe it, it is done. And then I say, thank you. Thank you, God. Or thank you, Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And so it is. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. And that that is truly beautiful, Marie. And what what's beautiful about the way you said it is that there is the, the prayer and there is the surrendering yes. of the expectation, right. which is really ultimately where we want to get to. We may not all be able to get there the first day or second day. It's a process, you know, and I speak about this in the book that when someone will pray and they say, well, my prayers are not answered, or I'm praying, for example, for a love partner, and I've been praying for a year, but there's no love partner. And this is where I say you, you, we need to ultimately surrender this to, to God, to the universe. Say, this is what I wish for, but I trust that your will is what will protect me and your will will be done. And that's, that's the really beautiful thing is to surrender that, yes. to not put that expectation, because that expectation is also so heavy on our souls. Yes. And I think one thing else I really loved what you said, you said you pray with your friend um, twice a week. And I'm actually putting a newsletter out today for my students, and I'm really asking each one of them as we have commenced this new year to come together in prayer, whether it's with one person, whether it's even if we don't have time on the phone, but to do that weekly with each other, this creates a beautiful synergy of healing, of prayer, of goodness, and then this becomes a chain throughout our world, and it's just a beautiful thing to create. Yes, I know many years ago, um, I learned transcendental meditation, and I still do it, and I do it every morning. Um, But I remember uh, a study by Harvard University when everyone in that that group um, had prayed together that that the crime in Boston for those three days that they did this meditation on peace, that the crime went down like 80%. Yes, and I keep I, thinking if all of us could pray for enlightenment for these people who have terrorism in their heart or evil in their heart or something that they're they're just out of alignment with who they really are, if we could all together pray together and send that energy of healing to them and enlightenment to them, wow, I think that would be much stronger than trying to bomb people. <laughs> oh, 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 there's no, there's no, that's the only way, Mary, the yes. only way. And I say this when people say, well, how does prayer create an energy of healing? What are you talking about? I, and I give a very, very, very simple example. I said, imagine you're going to a store that the person, uh, the customer service person, you're having a bad day, but that person is really nice to you, really smiles at you, really is kind and patient to you. How does that make you feel when you leave the store? Of course, it makes you feel all of a sudden like your mood has shifted, you're feeling much better, you feel happy. If that one-minute encounter 
can shift us. Imagine what a daily prayer can do. It can shift not only us, but everything around us. Yes. Because how we react and respond will be different. And that's why I really, as we're going into this year, um, I really believe that the only way for our world to have less violence, to have less of these tragic events, is if we, each one of us, go to the light within us and connect to the light of God. I don't see any other way. Yes, and there is really, I mean, there's not 50 million different gods. I mean, there is just that one essence, that one power that that we can all tap into, whatever you call it. And, you know, when you were talking about how it, it, it isn't just when we say something nice to someone, but there is real energy. Thoughts are energy. Thoughts are things. And so when we have this energy that we come together that it makes a difference. I mean, even physicians will tell you that when families pray for their loved ones that are dying, it often will just have a miraculous healing. That yeah. energy, whether whether that loved one is in a coma or whether they hear it or whether people are praying from thousands of miles away, that is energy. Everything is energy. And that kind of positive energy does make a difference. And it does actually shift thinking and, and heals people. There's no question yeah. about it. That, that, that's 100%. And I want to just also reiterate this fact that, again, some people will take the word God and reference it to nature. That's fine. Yeah. Some people will say source. That's fine. But there is an energy that's beyond us. And we can all, I think, we will all say that. Yes, it is. And if we have, uh, you know, if we have so much capabilities every day of creating so many scientific breakthroughs and other forms of breakthroughs, then we must understand that spiritually also, we have so much healing energy within us, yes. each one of us. And this is for everyone. And I, I have it in the book again. I said, this is the one thing that doesn't matter if you have an education or not. Right. doesn't matter if you're old or young. doesn't matter your financial status. God, I always say God is always awaiting and we are always yearning. And this is really key. Um, that as we sit in prayer, we notice, oh, my God, this is the best time of my day. Right, right. It really, it, it lifts you up, you know. It really lifts you up. I, I pray with my husband. I pray before I go into any um, meeting with my clients who are in conflict, because that's what I do. I yeah. help clients to heal their conflicts without going to litigation or take them out of litigation. And before I go into that that room, that conference room, I always say a prayer for healing for all of them, for enlightenment, for them to see. I just do that for each one of them, and I just send that kind of quartz pink ray of of nurturing into that room. <laughs> oh, that's just lovely. That see that that to me when you when you're saying that so. Prayer has become a part of your life. Yes, and that's where. That's where really you can see how it helps anchor a person, helps bring clarity, helps bring focus, helps enhance your faith. 
when it becomes a fabric of our life. And that's why I say when you pray like once a month, it's like a person who feeds their soul or feeds themselves food once a week. That's not possible. And in our daily lives, when we feed ourselves so many things, we're on the Internet so much, we are on our cell phones, we, are, we go to the gym, we, we go to work, we spend so much time doing external things mm-hmm. that we, we have turned away from the internal. And I ask everyone just to honor themselves by five minutes a day, giving to themselves one of these spiritual practice disciplines. If you wish to start with meditation, meditation. If it be prayer, be prayer. If it be reciting a mantra, be that. But do that daily because what it will give back to you is unbelievable. Um, And it will become a part of your life. You know, you will always have that uh, to hold on to, that to anchor you, that to ground you. And it's just there's no, it's so precious. Yes. And here we are in the, you know, we're in the first month of January. So this is a wonderful time to put this on a schedule. This is why I say I I get up at five in the morning because otherwise I'm not going to get all this stuff done. So I get up at five and that's when I meditate. Two mornings a a week, I um, work with my partner, my prayer partner, and we pray with each other for other people, for each other, whatever it is. But yeah, and, and some people get that, have that silent time when they're running, and some when they do yoga. So whatever it is, this is a perfect time to put it on there. And even if you get up and you, you know, you, your alarm went off, you can take that five minutes right there and, yeah. and say thank you. Or before yeah. you go to bed, say thank you for all the th- blessings that you have. Even that's a prayer, right? Yes, right. That's a prayer of gratitude. You know, this is anywhere, anytime. Right. Uh, anywhere, anytime. You're driving, you're cooking. It's anytime, anywhere, anytime. And also when people say they, there's something in their life and they say, well, I, am, I can't change the world. I can't, whatever. I said, no, but we can. Yes. And how we can is by creating this energy within us, and then it affects the person next to us. It affects our family. It affects our work. I can, I'm sure you will confirm this yourself, Marie. I can always know when a person is coming from a place of light. Yes. There it's is that a, energy, right? It's, it's that, that feeling. Yeah. It's that energy. It's the reaction. It's the respond. And I can always tell when a person is coming from a place that they have forgotten themselves. Right. Um, because there you can see, you can sense the anger, you can feel the fear, you can fear the shame so much. So, you know, once again, how you do this, there's so many ways. Some people paint every day, and that's their prayer. That's their meditation. Right. There's no judgment here. Um, and I always tell people, please don't judge yourself either while you're doing this. There's no right or wrong. There is only a space of love and that connection. And, you know, one of my, I, I marked a bunch of the poems that I really love in this book that you wrote, and I, I want to just mention, if you're just driving by, uh, we are talking with Mitra Rabar, and she has written this beautiful book of poetry, and she talks about, you know, the... Um, 
how to meditate at the end and how to have a mantra and all these wonderful things. The name of the book is called Miraculous Silence, and it just came out in January here. But I, one of my favorite poems, which really goes well with our with our with our genre of this uh, radio show, is called "Love Is All We Need," and um, it, you you talk about using stones, which we're going to talk about in a minute. That rose quartz, that loving, nurturing quartz yeah. to hold, and emeralds, green ray of healing, and it says. Um, it is with love that I come and with love that I shall leave. It is love that I offer and love that my heart craves. It is love that awakens my soul and love that quiets my mind in sleep. It is love that ignites my spirit and love lost that I grieve. It is always love, the divine gift from you. All we need, all we need to follow all we need to practice, one word, perfect, simple, universal, all-encompassing, love, you. I just, oh, that one really got me. I thought that was so beautiful. Thank you for reading it so beautifully. And, uh, you know, it's the, it's, it's the only truth. It's the only truth. Um, it, it's, if we see through the eyes of love, if we see through the eyes of light of God, Everything looks different. Yes. And and, and even when we're in fear, it's because we're fighting for love. Okay? Exactly. You know, yeah. and, and when we're angry, it's because we feel that we're not being loved or cherished or respected. So you're right. I mean, love is, uh, that's why my new book is called Fighting for Love. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because yes. we, you know, we, we have to fight against anything that keeps us from that love that connection that's what we're all looking for yes so what tips do you have um for those who just you know they haven't really even like we're sitting here on a campus everybody is into their social media they're into their studying we've got people working 80 hours a day we've got moms who have you know kids and they're also going to work and they're single moms and all these people who are busy, 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 what tips do you have that make it easy for them to incorporate this kind of silence? Well, I, I, the best thing I can say is because they're on a campus, I would say when they're walking from their car to the class or going walking basically to get from one point to the other where they have about two to five or six minutes to practice just being, so having no cell phone uh, conversation, just being and seeing first everything around them, paying attention to the trees, paying attention to the leaves, paying attention first to all that is around them. Being mindful, right? Being mindful. Yes. Being mindful and then connecting to their breath, see how they're breathing to see how the breath connects to who they are. And if they're feeling anxious or they're feeling trepidation or not good, to use the breath as they exhale to create their own healing, their own release. As they slowly begin to do this through the breath, maybe sit somewhere on a grass, on the ground, just for two to three minutes, and close their eyes and just be in the silence. Mm. 
mm-hmm. of being. Slowly what will unfold over time with, for them is they will embrace the silence more and more. And through this silence, they will find their own communication, their own way of prayer, their own way of really sitting with the self. So I think a campus is a lovely place because we do walk from one class to the other. And in this walk, as uh, you know, in, it's in this walk that we can, each step we take, we can walk away from the negative thought patterns and walk closer to ourselves. Beautiful. We have a couple more minutes, just a, a real short time, but uh, your book is so beautiful, Miraculous Silence by uh, Mitra Rabar. And uh, do you want to just give us a couple things about how you intend your book to be used? Yeah, I, uh, my, my intention and my prayer is for people who will get this book or the audio is for them to not only read the prayers, but sit with the prayers. And to practice the other sections of the book, see which practice feels right to them, and use those tools, like in meditation or visualization, and let that support their practice. And my intention is really for this book to be out there in every every home, but also in every shelter, in every prison, in every charity, because I think we all need healing. We all need prayer. Beautiful, beautiful, and I especially love the, the, the at the very back of the book where you talk about how to meditate, how to use visualization, how to use a mantra, and stone healing. So we are just out of time, but it was such a pleasure to read your book. I just love it. It's going to be right by my bedside, and, um, and I also honor you for all the work that you're doing, Mitra. Thank you so much. It means so much to to me, and I'm in gratitude for this time and for your energies, your beautiful energies. I'm so appreciative. Okay. Well, we will keep in touch. Thank you so much, and we'll have you back again. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Management or the UC Board of Regents.